1: Pod Save the Queen.
0: Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host Zoe Forsey, and I'm joined, as always, by Russell Myers. And we've got a lot to talk about today. We've had a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the adjective to describe this cut interview for Megan's latest chat. What What are you going for, Russell?
1: Well, wind. Whirlwind, extraordinary.
0: Extraordinary.
1: I mean we're going to give give you a whirlwind take of it yeah and thank you very much for all the all the messages and sort of you know we've been trying to keep our listeners and readers abreast of it all because there is an awful lot to dissect so but you know first of all how are you you well?
0: I'm good thank you not too bad how are you have you had a good week?
1: I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready to jump straight in. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot to dis- dissect and discuss. So let's yeah, let's begin. go.
0: Yeah. So we've got the we've obviously got the cut interview. We've also got another episode of the podcast with Mariah Carey and some interesting things coming up this week. So let's go straight in because I think we're both dying to talk about it. This cut interview. So I were you expecting it? I was wasn't aware it was no, coming. No, so it was gosh, a, I, I it was a surprise. No. And yeah, I actually think
1: surprised.
0: I saw the reaction on Twitter before I saw, before I actually had a chance to read the full thing. So I, I went into it knowing that it was going to, it's been quite controversial, not controversial. That's the wrong word. Um,
1: Oh no, I think you're right. I think some of it has. It's definitely divided opinions. Yeah, opinion, yeah there we go. Mean. It's
0: been mm. so what, what, were think, um, what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts
1: overall? What were the hot takes? I mean, first and foremost, I think it was um it was a fantastically written article by Alison P. Davis for the cut, um, a very established journalist. I, I don't know the relationship of how it came to fruition, but I, I do know that the cut is sort of the um It's it's like a paid for website from um, the the New Yorker, and so. I, they were they were giving the article away for free or you would click on it sort of a, a certain number of times and uh and they must have got an insane amount of traffic from it but
0: oh same i've you know, read it about a hundred times I'm, well, so, um, yeah, yeah. i mean well
1: and therefore i think you know that the, it's it's well worth a read and if you are one of the people who hasn't even read it i mean you've definitely got to devour it so Listen, I mean, there are going to be an awful lot of people who are um, uh, upset about it. I'm sure the royal family will be. We'll come on to the to the issues over what um, Megan mentioned or may not have mentioned. There was a bit of a rowing back from the from the comment that she said that Prince Harry had told her that he'd lost his father. I mean, I really think that that is very damaging to to Harry's relationship. If that is, if that is the case, I mean, that's definitely how I took it to, uh, to, to you know,
0: yeah, me too. how I read
1: it, because there was a lot, awful lot of rowing back from Team Sussex and, you know, certain journalists were being briefed things yesterday that Megan didn't necessarily mean it. She meant that she was speaking about her own father. I mean, uh, from people that I've spoken to, um, from the, 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 surroundings, the surrounding area of the cut, shall we say, they were satisfied with the way it was presented. So they definitely didn't change it online. And I think that speaks volumes. So listen, people are asking, I mean, first of all, why has she done this interview? It's six and a half thousand words. Let's just put that into context. If you're going to read a normal article, um, which is an um, interview with a big celebrity, let's say two to three thousand, right? So it's already double to triple what you would normally expect and therefore you go really into the granular detail of not only the subject matter but also what this person is like as an individual their um, their environment which is in this case is megan's home life in montecito in this beautiful mansion that they've set up this huge idyllic life away from the royal family and really no stone has been left unturned because what do we see here? We see there is still the, the bubbling under of resentment about how Meghan perceives that she was treated by the British media, perceives that she was treated by people within the monarchy. Um, The way that that I, uh, I, and again, this is my feelings, my take from it is how she felt that she was being constrained by the men in grey suits, by the the, the actual hierarchy of the monarchy. And this is all something that's been heavily discussed in the past. However, the fact that we're still talking about, why are we still talking about it? Well, first and foremost, Megan has a podcast, which is doing rather well at the moment. I think I think um, I previously said when we hadn't seen the, uh, the figures from the first week, it, it, it wasn't doing very well, but it's number one in, you know, over a dozen countries. And I've just caught a little bit of the, uh, of the new episode with Mariah Kerry, And it was distinctly better than the first where I thought that Megan, Megan, unfortunately talked over Serena Williams and um, just talked about herself too much, but I mean, talking about herself is something that she really enjoyed doing in this article. And, you know, personally, I I, I did take a a bit of personal umbrage with it. I think that Meghan is bemoaning the the issues with the British media whilst not really understanding how it works. I mean, give you an example. She talks about... um, you know the UK media, Paul. How she wasn't uh, very happy with giving photographs of her children away, and, and that's totally reasonable. But she she has created falsehoods by suggesting that there was, you know, a, a contract that she couldn't have got out of. I mean, there's always um, a relationship to be had. Look at the way that the Duchess of Cambridge has, has taken photographs. And provided them not just to them the Royal Rotor or the, the UK media pool, but to you know to all media who really wanted them. They've put them on their own social media, they had a real control over it. So I think that she's discussing things that don't really have any basis whatsoever in that in that sense. And then then we come on to the issues about how they've created this life in a 14.65 million dollar mansion. You know, so we did everything we could to get this house. I mean, this is not someone who's you know, saved up their first deposit as a first time buyer and they've really struggled and it's something I'm sure they're deeply proud of where they live and why wouldn't they be? It's a beautiful place. But by just saying you know, how it's written, I'll just read you a little bit about we did everything we could to get this house. She leans her head back and lets the sun beam down on, into her paws and in quotes, because you walk in and go, she takes a deep inhale through her nose and breathes out her mouth. Joy. And exhale and calm. It's healing. You feel free. I mean, this is even before we've come on to the Nelson Mandela quote, which is one of the most ludicrous. Examples of an anecdote I've ever heard in my life.
0: Well, let's, let's, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that one next, but let's talk a bit more about the house. Cause there were really, one of the other things that I thought was really interesting, they said that they didn't, they kept seeing the house pop up, but they didn't look on it because they didn't, what was it? They didn't think they could afford it. Um, <laughs> which is, <laughs> well, they seemed, didn't have jobs. Yeah,
1: that so was like it. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, like jobs. when you're younger I mean, and you're window God. shopping.
0: It's like, yeah. I don't want to go and look at things that I can't afford. That doesn't feel good. Um, and I just thought it was really,
1: yeah, it, I d- it's just it, yeah. odd. Okay, like let's let's. They they are so detracted from reality, and I'm not hating on them, right? For doing well, I think you know the fact that Harry is doing a documentary about the Invictus Games hugely laudable. Megan has got her own podcast series. It's not for me, but you know I'm not necessarily a target audience. But I am still really interested in it as a. Um, uh, I, uh as a father as someone who should believes that society should definitely be more aware of how we treat women and young girls and the you know the anecdote that serena williams said and i touched upon this last week about how you know a certain percentage of girls will be very confident in their in their formative years and that just diminishes as they go through school well, these are really interesting um issues to be tackled nobody's nobody's disputing that but the only the only trope they have at the moment is to just absolutely savage the royal family and we've heard it we understand that they that it was toxic in their eyes we understand that they didn't get on with certain members of the family or the men in great suits or um but why keep on keeping on and the and the issue they are doing that is for money and they have to keep on raising the bar of how badly they were treated so they are then out on their own and they become almost pariahs um and i just think it's pretty unfair uh, i mean take you just back to i know we're dancing around a little bit here but we're sort of short for time today and i apologize it's my fault but you know the very fact that um megan says this this quote and i'm going to try and get you to, to find out when I'm going on but the quote about the you know Harry, Harry felt as though he had lost his father well you know anyone who would tell you uh, how, the, um, how the Prince of Wales feels about his sons you know, often people say well he loves both of his sons equally um, but I know for a fact that Prince Charles has offered them a place to stay he has p- produced an olive branch to them he has wanted to bring them close he has tried to make instances to see them And yet, I just think it's being thrown back in his face. And it seems as though Meghan has a a completely unfortunate and destructive relationship with her own father, for better or worse, and we've touched upon this so many times about, you know, the, um, the, the Thomas Markle issue. But it just seems particularly sad that if Harry is by his own accord, or through conversations with his wife, going down that route and destroying his relationship with his father uh, because of the way he feels, especially on such a poignant anniversary of the 25th anniversary of his mother's death. Well, that is deeply sad. And I'm sure that the Prince of Wales and people around him would find that deeply distressing.
0: Well, I have actually found that quote. So it came about, I'd forgotten the setting of it, actually, but it came about because they were talking about the legal case against the uh, Meghan's, letter in the mail on Sunday and it said when obviously the interviewer speaking when I ask about it Megan doesn't stay in her sadness for long instead she uses it to discuss how toxic tabloid culture has torn the two families apart Harry said to me and this is a quote from Megan so Harry said to me I lost my dad in this process it doesn't have to be the same for them as it was for me but that's his decision
1: well, I mean, I think that is as clear as day. I don't think there is any a dispute about what that is about now. I know that there's certain in quotes you know friendly reporters or friendly press were being um guided away from that yesterday, but it seemed as though that was one of the the, the biggest reactions from this huge piece was how unfortunate that is that Harry feels like that um. Now again, the cut has not changed the content of the copy on the on their website. So I think reading reading to that what you will. I mean, Megan goes on again about how they were happy to have left their, their roles behind. Um well we know this. You know, they're living this idyllic life unless they're not, and unless it's a big front and they're not very happy, and Harry longs to be. With his father but everything is just at odds and it just has this pendulum of emotion just swinging all over the place and um, you know I'll just read you this a little bit you know they thought it best to leave the UK and the UK press to go about you know how they wanted to do their business they were willing to go basically anywhere to the Commonwealth Canada New Zealand South Africa anywhere and this is in quotes and she says, anything to just, because just by existing, we were upsetting the dynamic of the hierarchy. So we go, um, so, so sorry. Uh, so we go, okay, fine. Let's get out of here. Happy to. And then she puts her hands up in mock defeat. And I think what this... The 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 context of Megan's actions and the 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 fact that she looks wistfully into the distance and she leans in and her eyes brighten when she's telling um, Alison Davis about her joining rejoining Instagram. Well, I I think the 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 context was put that she has like a it appears that she has a mini producer from The Bachelor talking to her inside her head. I I I thought thought that was was a really
0: clever way of describing it. It was so good.
1: You know, this, it just paints a picture of what Megan is like. And and and, and even the, the the final bit of the piece was saying about how she was waving away and you could sort of see the cogs turning in her brain of that. Had she said enough or had she said the right things? And this is someone who says that she doesn't read press. She doesn't read media. She doesn't care what, you know, I, I, essentially I take from that. Don't care what people think of me. She said in her own podcast, I want people to see the real me. Well, I'm sorry, I take this away that this is anything but someone being completely real. Because when you're coming up with, um, uh, you know, again, anecdotes about being a princess, um, it's it's just so, so bizarre. And uh, I'll just, again, I'll read you this because it starts saying, even if she and Harry had stepped back from their royal duties, Meghan is still very aware that people see her as a princess in quotes. It's important to be thoughtful about it because even with the Oprah interview, I was conscious of the fact that there are are little girls that I meet and they're like, oh my God, it's a real life princess. And it carries on. I just look at all of them and think you have the power within you to create a life greater than any fairy tale you've ever read. I don't mean that in terms of you could marry a prince one day. I mean, you can find love, find happiness. You can be up against um, things which you could feel like the greatest obstacle, and then you can find happiness again. I mean, I think that's all very sweet, and and I can totally agree with it. But I just think that you know, turning back on yourself, and by saying God, they're they're meeting a real life princess here, and I'm that person, it just falls back into the whole issue i had last week with the serena williams by saying god i you when you walked into the room this big megastar and all you wanted to to do was to meet me i just don't i just don't buy that and if you're you're railing against the monarchy and everything it stands for i mean people have raised the issue of why does she call herself duchess or duchess Meghan, the duchess sussex all the time and now she's talking about herself as in that she's a real life princess who married a prince i mean It's it's absolutely extraordinary to be honest with you.
0: And Harry made a few, you know, got a few mentions as well. One of the things that really stood out for me was when he—I can't remember the exact wording of it—but they were talking about their, um, you know, working from home setup, and they've got side by side desks. And he said, you know, oh, lots of people find it really tough to, you know, work next to your wife. And he actually said, you know, people in my family sometimes can't, you know, say it would be stressful or something like that. And again, it just to me. He said, "Lots of people I know and members of my family." It felt mm. like that bit of that bit of family wasn't needed. He didn't need to add that detail in, but it felt like it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you could yeah, just no, say people no, no. I, I know the, the, covers the, everything.
1: The, the concept of them very much feeling as though it is them against the world is mm. evident, right? And so um, they're talking about Archie's manners, and I know something about like bringing a child up and teaching them manners. It's really, really important, and she says. You know, it's one of those lessons. Uh, it's actually, this is the, the article saying, in one of those lessons, Megan remembered something she'd learned at a young age from a friend's mum. Salt and pepper are always passed together. And then Megan goes on. She said, you never move one without the other. That's me and Harry. We're like salt and pepper. We always move together. Now, some people will find this a bit cheesy. I don't think it's that bad. I think, you know, there's a bit of a cringe fest when... Um, uh harry is talking about palm trees you know megan goes on about when they were looking around this mansion one of the first things my husband saw when we walked around the house was those palm trees see how they're connected at the bottom he goes my love it's us i mean this is an absolute cheese fest but it's fairly sweet i think you know they do feel as though it is them against the world and i don't know whether it needs to be i think that the fallout is so dramatic now, and it is being made worse with every single word on this page, with every single word that Megan utters about, you know, the fact that we've moved out the family, I've got my voice, I'm happy to just be me. You know, she, she delivers a veiled threat in all of this by saying, I can say anything, This is this is the freedom that I have. I mean, we we haven't even got on to Harry's book yet, and I know if this, this is yeah. this is the bar, right? You've all you got last week. She was railing against the royal family and about yeah, being free, and that was in the, all in the promos, getting a lot of hype. This article is simply extraordinary of the of the attacks on the, on the family, the British media, how they felt they were set upon. You know, I'll just clear one thing up for you about again another falsehood. Um, Are you can talk about the know, school
0: photos.
1: I'm going to talk about the school photo. I'm
0: really glad. I've wrote, I wrote that, made a note of that, because this is one of these things that I really worry, that obviously we work for a British tabloid national newspaper yes, and that people yes. who aren't based in the UK, I really hope people don't believe this and you might do it. Yeah, Sorry. I'll be quiet. Oh, there you two, there's, you
1: two, there's, two, there's two things here, right? Okay, so uh, again, it says earlier in our conversation about her goals for the life she's creating here, she remarked upon how if Archie were in school in the UK, she'd never be able to do school pick-up or drop-off without it being a royal photo call with a press pen of 40 s- people snapping pictures. Now, in quotes, sorry... I have a problem with that. That doesn't make me obsessed with privacy. That makes me a strong and good parent protecting my child. I don't disagree with Megan's um comments there. She's you know she's being a, a, a re- responsible uh, super passionate mother that she wants to protect her children, but that is simple fallacy that there is some big press pen people leaping out of bushes. You know th- there is a code of conduct for the British media. We do not photograph the children the, the you know the royals are largely left to their own devices even when they're on their own never you know really p- pictured by british media when they're on holiday um their children are um, subject to certain interests of course they are and there are calls when they start their first day of term Duchess of cambridge has sort of cornered the market fantastically well by taking her own photographs and this whole concept of we were set upon, we were the ones who were being attacked all the time is simply not true. And it, and it suits the narrative. And unfortunately, there are just so many instances where she hasn't even really over the pudding. It's, it's, just, it's just false what she's talking about
0: but we also so we did learn some nice things as well obviously there were lots of things but let's focus on some of the nice bits we learned so we got updates on Archie and Lilibet which was really nice I think it sounds like the journalist got to do the school run with Megan and went and did that you know so heard that you know he, he came out at the gate and he ran out to jump to Megan and they went home and he Archie throws himself around Harry's legs and um, really nice both talking about that both Lilibet and Archie have got um you know Harry's ginger hair, and um, yeah, there was some really cute little updates, weren't they? And uh, yeah,
1: so they are cute, and they are—they paint the picture of an idyllic family life. And you know, nobody's ha- nobody's not wishing that they don't have a good life. That I mean, that simply would be ludicrous. I I, I do I do do get some of the criticism that has been labelled against them for you know wanting to protect their children's privacy, wanting to move away. Um, Suggesting that the British media is obsessed with them and their children, and yet there there, there are refer- there are references to their children peppered across this article. Archie bringing his kid, um, his school classmates, fresh fruit and veg, home picked from the house. Uh, descriptions of 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 um of his character and his um his personality all all throughout this. And I suppose that suits the narrative. That suits Megan's very, very, you know, homely aspect of that. She's a mum and she's really enjoying the fact that they have this place of solace in California. Um, But of course, you're going to open yourself up to criticism. But it's it's a a tricky balance, I think, in that sense with the children.
0: Now, and we obviously have to talk about the uh, Nelson Mandela comment, because that is one of the biggest talking points from it. And I think one of the things that's, upset quite a few people.
1: Well of course it's it's further compounded by the fact that Nelson Mandela's grandson has come out and said some pretty um a pretty harsh assessment of, of Megan's words. And I think that you know this this comes I mean, it is controversial because it, Meghan isn't necessarily. She definitely isn't comparing herself to to Nelson Mandela. I mean, that that comparison has already been made in the "Finding Freedom" title of the of the biography. But to just tell this anecdote, I just think is going to open up a huge can of worms, and and, and certainly this stems back to the 2019 London premiere of the Lion King, where um, where Meghan and Harry were meeting a South African past member who told Megan, Megan in quotes, when you married into this family, we rejoiced in the streets the same as we did when Mandela was freed from prison. I mean, this is a man who spent 18 years in, you know, a a five by six cell um, protesting for the emancipation of millions of his countrymen and women and eventually rewrote history and she married into the royal family. And that's not to say that that shouldn't have been celebrated. There was celebration about it. A biracial woman, a great orator, a successful uh, woman in her own right, with a career, with something to say, with a platform to say it, that was celebrated. And it certainly I don't think was celebrated in the same vein as Nelson Mandela walking to freedom. But, you know, even if that was said by someone... um, it's it's just a such a strange anecdote to 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 release in in such a personal piece. And you're and I'm sorry, you are going to open yourself up to criticism. Um and You know, that's not the half of it. I I just think that the the issues contained within such a piece make it really difficult for us to take things on face value. I mean, she she even splits the difference between, uh, in quotes, historical documentary and a reality docu-series. Let's not beat around the bush here. This has been spoken about for quite some time, about how they've signed a huge deal with Netflix. You know, up to a hundred million dollars. They're going to want some um, bang for their buck. They're following. They're now you're know, following them around to to do a sort of a, a documentary on their life. And um, I, I just think then that my my colleague Valentine Lowe, actually he's he, he wrote about it in the in the Times today about saying that uh, you know what she's not been able to share up until now. That she says is our love story, and Valentine says, "How one wonders, have people managed to survive so long without it?" I mean, again, this is the this is the the sort of the self confidence is just effervescent that she she thinks that this is what people want to hear, and, and maybe well, there must be because there are millions of people downloading the the podcast. But well, how successful that would be, you know? I, I stand here to say. I am looking at this objectively. There's no whatever people on social media might say, you know, it's just hate. People are haters. You know, you're not happy about the way that they went about it. I'm sure that the royal family is not happy about that, the way they went about leaving the firm. But I just think these constant personal attacks um, to, to, to really only stand for self-service, you know, talk about service. They're only interested in themselves at this point. And the destruction, continued destruction of relationships is really, really um, distressing.
0: I would say that most things that Meghan and Harry have done, while we accept they're not for everyone, you know, you've openly said the podcast, you're not really the target audience that they're probably going for. And, you know, most things has been met with a a mixed reaction you know some people are some have criticized it some have loved it but I have struggled actually to find anything particularly positive about this piece I actually put something on our Instagram just to ask our listeners what they thought of it because I was I was hoping to maybe you know to uh, bring a bit more some other opinions and some maybe people that liked it but not one of the comments we got back was actually positive at all um and it does make me wonder if this is perhaps maybe going to be a bit of a turning point. Are they, you know, lots of people have kind of said, I really want to, really want to like them, but this is just, I've really struggled with this. So I think it's really interesting and it will, I'm um, yeah, I'll see how it goes after the, you know, with more of the podcast, again, seeing a lot more of them now.
1: Well, I will say today's one is, is, is an easier listen. It is. I, oh, yep. It, yeah. You know, she lets the guest speak. So it's not all about her. I mean, Maybe, maybe you know. Maybe it is all planned because by speaking about herself in 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 such terms in the in the first instance, everyone's talking about it. Massive column inches, Archwell archetypes is all out there. Everyone's speaking about it. Goes to the top of the charts, and then the second one's much better. And so maybe people have you know we'll we'll, we'll listen to it. But listen, I I just think I just think. It, I just think um, you know, is there any way back for them after this? Uh, but I don't think there was any any way back for them before this. But this surely is the final nail in the coffin.
0: It, yeah, as like said, a fascinating read, and we would love to know what you, you know, what our listener thought of it. Please let us know on Instagram and on Twitter, because as I said, I think it's a a real talking point, should we say? But the pictures were lovely. Um, I've seen also lots of people making the comparison. Obviously, the main photo she's in that black uh, kind of. Is it a turtleneck or a roll neck?
1: I don't know who asked me. I mean...
0: <laughs> Where's Sarah? <laughs> um, but, you know, because there's obviously that very striking image of Diana. And I know people always make comparisons with this. But when she did that cover, she's wearing the similar jumper, um, which is lovely. But the photos were absolutely beautiful. And um, yeah, a really, really good piece from the from the cut. And glad to hear you like the Mariah Carey interview a bit more.
1: Well, I, I was say, again, I've just really, really, I haven't you know done a deep dive on it so i just um i just thought it was an easier listen i will i will have a listen listen to it again
0: so we are recording a day early today which means that we don't actually know how the family are going to mark the occasion but tomorrow so wednesday of this week is the 25th anniversary of the death of princess diana and are we expecting them to do anything
1: well, who knows? I mean, I, I would be shocked if there wasn't some form of tribute on, on social media, certainly from the, from the Cambridges. And um, I, I, I can just say we're with, with certain that William and Harry will not jointly mark the 25th anniversary of, uh, of Princess Diana's death on Thursday, the 31st, and they will be choosing essentially to, to pay their own respects Privately, I mean, I was told that the Duke of Cambridge, as of today, which is Wednesday, was not planning to mark the occasion with a public statement. Um, but of course, that could change, you know. And we were tr- we were treated to um, a, tr- a personal, really personal tribute from Harry uh, last Thursday at um, the charity fundraiser for Centibale, which is obviously um, created in his, in his mother's legacy um, and founded in her memory. He was saying that he, you know, he sincerely wished that um, he'd had the opportunity to introduce his his two children, Archie and Lilibet, to his mother and saying um, that he hoped to share the spirit of my mum with my family and my children who I wish could have met her. And then he went on about how he said uh, he wanted the anniversary to, you know, she will most certainly will never be forgotten. I want it to be a day filled with memories of her incredible work and the love for the way she did it, I want it to be a day to share the spirit of my mum with my family and my children, who I wish could have met her. And every day, I hope to do her proud. And I'm sure that is a sentiment that William would um, would absolutely echo, albeit not together, side by side. But interestingly enough, that the, the boys had previously said on the 20th anniversary that that was realistically the final time that they were going to jointly um, do one of these these tributes. And um, you know, maybe, maybe we are. Uh, it's just an unfortunate sort of coincidence about how fractured their relationship is and um, that we've come to this this very, very po- important anniversary, which I'm sure will be marked around the country and, um, and indeed around the world in, in certain ways.
0: And on next week's episode, I'm actually interviewing uh, Diana's former uh, police protection officer, Ken Wharf, who's going to be sharing lots of stories about his time working with Diana, William and Harry. Um, and just he's, he's got some real interesting views as well about what, you know, how different things would be if Diana was still with us today thanks to everyone for listening this week as always we're on social media at PodSave on twitter and on instagram and until next time
1: pod save the queen